Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone in the United States and in Canada and around the world in the various time zones. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today we're going to talk about how to watch uh, world events, what to really look for. And it's based on Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. But before I get into that, I'm going to briefly talk about a particular world event that we really need to start taking seriously, uh, the Ebola virus. I'm going to read uh, a partial, well, a partial section here on the Economic Collapse website. Uh, you can go with me if you want. Uh, the Economic Collapse Blog.com. The Collapse Blog.com. I recommend highly that you do analyze this website by Michael Snyder. Excellent website. Really tells you what CNN and ABC, NBC, and Fox and, and all these other uh, popular media outlets will not tell you. He tells you the truth. He uncovers the truth about what the world news really should tell you and what it really means. Anyway, on the website, uh, he has, during an Ebola pandemic, all of your rights would essentially be meaningless. And he posted this on his blog, October 2nd, 2014. I'm going to briefly read a section of this because you really, this is very important. Very important for you to pay attention to this, and very important for you to prepare just in case that this Ebola virus ends up being a virus of biblical proportions. It states here, if there is a major Ebola pandemic in America, all of the liberties and freedoms that you currently enjoy will be gone. If government officials believe that you have the virus, federal law allows them to round you up and detain you time and in manner such manner as may be reasonably necessary. In addition, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, authority to quarantine healthy Americans if they reasonably believe that they may become sick again. In addition, the CDC already has the authority to quarantine healthy Americans if they reasonably believe that they may become sick. So it's very important to underscore that. During an outbreak, the government can force you to remain isolated in your home or the government may forcibly take you to a treatment facility, a tent city, a sports stadium, an old military base, or a camp. You would not have any choice in the matter, and you would be forced to endure any medical procedure mandated by the government. 
that includes shots, vaccines, and a drawing of blood. During such a scenario, you can scream about your rights all that you want, but it won't do any good. And I implore you and, and motivate you and encourage you to read the entirety of this article. I don't have time to go into detail. But I do want to quote a scripture supporting what he's saying here because the, the Master, our Messiah, stated the following in Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. He states plainly, for nation, that means family uh, in the Greek or tribe. So family or tribe shall rise against family or tribe and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And so we shouldn't be surprised about the Ebola virus and, and what it could be. Now, I still don't know if it's going to be, and neither of us, we don't know if the Ebola virus would be of biblical proportions, but that's the reason why he tells us to watch, which, by the way, that's what this program's all about, right? <laughs> anyway, let's get into how to watch, but let me quote Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 34, it states, And take heed to yourselves that at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unaware. So he doesn't want the day, what is he talking about, the day of the Lord to come upon us unawares. Verse 35, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And this is the reason why he tells us this admission here in verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What things? The things that is talked about in another version of the Olivet Prophecy, and this version is found in Luke chapter 21, up into uh, 36. Luke chapter 21, verse 1 to 36. So anyway, of course we need to be watching our spiritual condition, making sure that we are obeying Yah, or God. That's Yah in Hebrew, short for God. However, we also must watch our physical condition too and we must use common sense as well uh, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 3 tells us that and also Hebrews 11 verse 7 uh, Noah even though he was told of God that the world was going to come to an end he just didn't sit there he he actually built the ark so we need to build our individual arcs uh, our protection and then God will take care of the rest as Psalm chapter 91 reveals but anyway how do we watch world events? To summarize, we must watch and look for the following key things that I'm going to mention here to occur before we can start counting the days before the coming of the Messiah and to understand the Great Tribulation has started. And so what I'm going to do is uh, give you some th key things that we must, must tell if we are still alive at the time of the start of the Great Tribulation, that we could be prepared for it. Okay. So I'm going to list these things. And the thing that we need to look for, the first thing we need to look for, is a rebuilt temple of Yah in Jerusalem. 
the scriptures that support this is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, and Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. I don't have the time to uh, quote all these scriptures. We'll see. But uh, it's very fascinating that uh, these scriptures here, each and every one of them, certainly indicates that there will be a temple that's built. I know there's been some teaching going around saying that all we need is an altar. Well, it just doesn't make sense when you look at all the other scriptures. Um, that certainly indicates that there will be a temple built. Number two, an altar, of course, will be set up and rededicated for seven days. This is found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 9. Number three, the daily sacrifice will be put on the altar. And to understand what the daily sacrifice is in a simple way, please uh, study this scripture, Numbers chapter 21. I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 28. Numbers chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. Numbers chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. Number four, the daily sacrifices are stopped at some point. And when the sacrifices are stopped, this is the time that we start counting according to Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. So let me emphasize that. When the daily sacrifices are stopped, this is when we start counting according to Daniel 12, verse 11. Now, I'm going to quote that scripture because that's significant here. Well, all of them are significant, but this is uh, something that I want to highlight. Daniel chapter 12, starting in verse 11. It states, And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, meaning that there has to be a temple built for that to occur, and the abomination that make of desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. So when that daily sacrifice is stopped, that's when we start counting. That's when we start counting. Let me underscore and emphasize that again. When the daily sacrifice is taken away, that's when we start counting and the abomination that make of set up. So from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make of desolate set up, there should be 1,290 days. So that's when we start counting, when, it's, when, when the sacrifices are stopped and the abomination set up. That's when we start counting. Now, this is also the time we start to flee according to Yeshua's own words. This is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15 to 22. We'll go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 24. Verse 15 to 22, he states the following, When you therefore shall see, so it's something that we have to see, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. That word holy place means a built temple. If you do a, uh, a search for the phrase, holy place in the New Testament is always referring to a built structure. And he says, whoever readeth, let him understand. So, your Messiah, my Messiah, is saying that there will be a built structure in the context of a holy place. And if you understand what the abomination of desolation was during the time of Daniel, it also involved a built structure. So he's saying that this is going to happen again. But anyway, Matthew chapter 24, verse 16, Then let them which be in Judea, which is today the West Bank, flee into the mountains. Verse 17. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. In verse 18, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. 
And then verse 19, and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Shabbat day, which means that the people of God during this time will be keeping the Sabbath. Verse 21 of Matthew chapter 24, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And in verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, none whatsoever. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So that's the good news. So he's telling us that this is the time to flee when we see this abomination of desolation set up. Now, Yeshua also said it is also time to flee when you see armies surrounding Jerusalem. That's Luke chapter 21, verse 20 to 22. And he said that when the armies surround Jerusalem, then you know the abomination of desolation is near. Now, please understand that this is in the context of a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. So when that temple was built and you see armies surrounding Jerusalem, then obviously, as he stated here, the abomination of desolation is near. And that is the time to flee when you see that. You should be preparing to flee at that time. Actually, you need to be preparing to flee now, but I'm saying really, I'm talking about the actual time when you need to start uh, fleeing. That that's when we that's the time you really need to be focused if you're still alive at that time, and do you do all you can to uh, to flee. Now, what's the next thing? I talked about uh, oh, the next thing that we need to look for: a rebellion will occur. And the anti-Messiah will sit in the temple of Yah, claiming he is Yah. That's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 to 6. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. The scripture reveals that the anti-Messiah will be revealed in his time. The next thing, a statue of the beast is created and made to miraculously speak. Similar to the statue in Daniel uh, chapter 3. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 14 to 15. Some believers will flee to the wilderness for protection uh, around this time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 13 to 17. Revelation chapter 12, verse 13 to 17. Two witnesses will begin their preaching and will punish anyone that will try to harm them. This is found in Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 to 7. The anti-Messiah will begin his persecution of the saints at the time that the abomination of desolation occurs. Also, at that time, uh, some believers will flee to the wilderness for protection. A statue of the beast is created and made to miraculously speak, and that statue obviously will be put uh, around the temple or in the temple. And then the false prophet begins his deception on behalf of the geopolitical beast. This is in Revelation 13, verse 11 to 17, and influences people to accept a mark that will allow them to buy and sell. And so these are the things that you need to look for, to watch for, if you're still alive at this time. I know there's several books about the blood red moons and all that, but until the temple is built, folks, uh, none of the, the, the great tribulation will not begin according to the words of the Bible. So that's the thing you need to 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 focus on, the temple being built. All right. The Torah readings uh, for this week, uh, Leviticus chapter 16. Uh, Leviticus chapter 16 is, is talking about the Day of Atonement. 
there's two goats um, that is involved in the ceremony. One of the goats is sacrifice, and that, that's a picture of the Messiah's sacrifice. Also, another goat, all the sins of Israel, is laid on the goat, and that's a symbolic of Yeshua taking all of our sins, all of mankind's sins. And then Numbers chapter 29, verse 7 to 11, goes into detail about the Day of Atonement, all the sacrifices involved in that. Isaiah chapter 57, verses 14 to Isaiah 58, verse 14. I'm going to read that in the context of uh, the Day of Atonement here. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 57. starting in verse 14, states the following. And shall say, cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, I'm reading the King James Version, with him also that is of, of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Verse 16, For I will not contend forever, neither will I be always wroth or angry. For the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of the covetousness was I angry. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I angry and smote him. I hit, I hit me and was angry and he, and he went on forwardly in the way of his heart. Verse 18 of Isaiah 57, I have seen his ways and will heal him. He's talking about Israel. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Verse 19, I will create, I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace, to him that is far off and to him that is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. Verse 20, but the wicked are like the troubled sea and when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God to the wicked, talking about the righteous, and he's going to restore Israel. And in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1, <clears throat> this is what he tells Torah teachers to do today. <clears throat> they should be doing this. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Let me uh, drink some water here. Okay, so it says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Now, realize that the house of Jacob or the house of Israel consists of 12 tribes, as found in Genesis chapter 49, verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God they asked. Of me, the ordinance of justice, they take delight in approaching to God. This certainly is talking about the United States, the countries in Northwestern Europe, folks, the Western nations. Please understand that. And please, if you don't think I know what I'm talking about, you go to Britam, www.britam.org. That's www.britam.org and enlighten yourself. Verse 3 of Isaiah chapter 58. Wherefore have we fasted, say, say they? And thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and, and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labors. So, obviously, fasting and afflicting your soul means the same thing. 
in this context. Verse 4, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fists of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. So that's not the reason why we fast, to, to make God do something. That's not the reason why we fast. Verse 5, Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Now, he gets into... How we, what fasting should do. Now, obviously, fasting is afflicting our soul, but it's not just afflicting our soul. It should inspire us to do something. In verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Verse 7, Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh or family. Verse 8, Then shall thy light. He says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine help shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. Shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking of vanity, Verse 10, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, hunger, afflicted soul, and so when you, when you are hungry, you afflict your soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul and drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, thou shalt Raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Verse 13, if thou turn thy foot from Shabbat, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Shabbat a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shall thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And this is really uh, interesting that the Jews include this in the Torah portion for Day of Atonement, because the Day of Atonement is a Shabbat. It's a high holy day. Okay. And so the Messiah wants us to realize that we can't live just on bread alone. And that's, that's, the, that's the lesson in all this. Um, in reference to Yom Kippur as well. I already went over uh, the meaning of Yom Kippur last week, but it does picture the Messiah getting rid of sin permanently out of our minds and bodies. And it also pictures the fact that we should want to help people and, and, and help our fellow man. And it pictures that God is first in everything, even above the food that we eat. And Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says, Then as Jesus or Yeshua led up the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. In verse 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, he stated this in the context of fasting. And where did he get you? Well, he got it from 
Deuteronomy. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do. Notice he doesn't say some. He says all. That we may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And so obviously if you don't obey the commandments, you're not going to live. <laughs> verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and led thee with manna and fed thee, rather, and fed thee with manna which you knew not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. So, the Day of Atonement, should we should have a picture of our minds of realizing that we can't just live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, fasting on the Day of Atonement and other days should stimulate us to, to care about other people. Uh, the Jews, uh, I don't know if they continue with the tradition today, maybe in some sects, uh, perhaps in the ultra-Orthodox, but when they do fast, I know this in the past, when they do fast, what they would do is use the money that they would normally use to spend on food for the day, and they would just give it away to the poor. <clears throat> so that's a good tradition to follow uh, for for us when we fast on the Day of Atonement. I know my assembly, uh, the, assemble, this, the assembly that I uh, fellowship with here in the Ohio area, uh, they... We actually will be doing that. We're going to uh, help the poor on the Day of Atonement, and I suggest that you do the same. So, you can always listen to this program uh, 24-7. Uh, this is, the programs are always recorded. You can get me on iTunes. I'm listed there on iTunes. And the next show is going to be about so Tabernacles. What does it picture? So what does Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, picture? Again, the title of the program for next week is What Does Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, picture? The Torah readings for next week is Leviticus chapter 22, verse 26, to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 44, Numbers chapter 29, verse 12 to 16, the Haftarah section or the Prophet section, Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 to 21, and the Apostolic Scriptures section, is Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. Also, please check out my blog, www.mercifulletters.com. That's www.mercifulletters.com. You can also check my website, the Merciful Service of God website, is www.mercifulserviceofgod.com. All right. Well, y'all willing, I'll be available to you next week. Until then, shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, 
saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 